Miller. On this week's podcast, we have none other than industry legend, Mr. Josh McPherson of the St. Louis City Soccer Club uh, Director Stadium and Grounds. Uh, It was truly an honor to have Josh on. He has been a staple in this industry for so long and truly has seen all areas of the sports field management industry. Um, And we actually have a lot of overlap with the people that we've known and met and worked with in this industry. Um, with our time at Virginia Tech and so many more uh, opportunities that we've had. Uh, And it was just truly incredible to hear his story and where he's been and how he got to Mizzou and just how everything has gone so well in developing this new Major League Soccer team and facility and being on the ground floor and truly having a voice in some of the big decisions that really can make or break an entire facility like the one that they have there in St. Louis. Um, And it truly is a testament to his knowledge, his abilities, and uh, truly just overall what he has done. And one of the biggest things that I found so incredible about what he did was the crew that he assembled. Um, Being able to take the knowledge and be aware of the areas that he needs uh, a good background for his assistants and for his staff. Um, Going out and getting industry Uh, professionals uh, like Maritza down from South Carolina playing an integral role and a staff that truly it complements each other so well and what they're doing what they're trying to accomplish as a team and that's what we all need to strive for in this industry and I think I think Josh sort of emulates all the critical aspects of what it takes to be a successful as well as a a sound grounds crew Um, and I can't thank Josh enough for taking the time Um, I know I've been bugging him for quite a while, and uh, obviously he's been super busy, so we really appreciate him taking the time and just being just the overall amazing guy that he is. Um, so, again, I hope you guys enjoy this episode of Tiger Turf Talk. Welcome back to the 101st episode of Tiger Turf Talk. I'm your host, Drew Miller. Today we are accompanied by such an incredible person in this industry uh we have mr josh mcpherson director stadium grounds for the st louis soccer club st louis city soccer club see told you i messed it up that's right city (laughs) how are you doing this afternoon how are you doing i'm doing great it's a beautiful day here today i think the weather is going to change like 50 degrees tomorrow but uh <laughs> i was gonna say we're about to hit uh it's gonna bottom out and be like well where did this come from you know we haven't had a match all year and then we have one next you know wednesday and it's gonna be 20s for the first time so oh that's so nice of them you know just yeah. throw it right there when we hit the call um i mean, obviously you have so many things going on like you said you haven't had a match yet um And there's so much that goes into planning a facility, especially the location being in the city. What has it been like for you? Uh, I mean, taking on uh, from the ground level, uh, pre-build everything that is St. Louis City Soccer Club. Yeah, it's it's been uh, a lot of fun and a welcome change after grinding the last 20 some years. Um, And it's, it's, you know, when when you're in this industry, you just you're just event to event to event and it's it's really cool that november 16th is our first event and i think november 20th was my last event so it's almost like a uh, 
a, a year sabbatical in a way. Um, and it was a lot of fun. We hit the ground running here. They already kind of had basic designs going. And I started about a week before field build actually started, you know, last December. And, but because I had so much experience with construction, um, you know, from Casey at Virginia Tech and then at Mizzou joining the SEC, all we were doing was construction. I got to be involved in all the stadium construction because I was actually the first operations person in the whole club. Um, so we had a consultant and he's, he's now my supervisor, but it, I got to be involved, you know, with everything we're, uh, you know, two years in the construction process, but it was just great. Like I got to have impact, got to make decisions, got to, you know, change things the best I could because all of us have our own kind of recipe, you know, and it's, uh, unfortunately I feel bad for the architects. It's never going to be what we want, <laughs> exactly. um, but got to be in here soon enough to actually get some of those changes made. And that's awesome. I mean, when it comes to, I mean, coming into a place where, again, it's a brand new club, it's a brand new everything, and then having the ownership and everyone in the operations room understand that what you're bringing to the table is professionalism and knowledge that a lot of people just assume, like, this is the blueprint, we go with that, you know? Um, what were some of those things that you really honed in on? Like, we have to have this because of our location in the transition zone, maybe, uh, I know I was talking to Maritza about your guys' heating system and everything that goes into uh, maintaining Bermuda grass in St. Louis. What were some of those things that, again, you have put your sort of blueprint into the, sorry, your stamp into the blueprint? Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. Luck, luckily, the the process from our ownership was amazing. So they had already decided before I got here to invest in the lights, into the heat, Uh into the drainage system, the sub air system. And so um, like the big things were there and they'd already chose Northbridge Bermuda grass, which is what I prefer to grow here in, in Missouri also. So like kind of those big ones were there and they were getting it from Carolina green, which I have a lot of familiarity with. So it, it was things like maybe how we route the irrigation or how the heads, what order they're coming in or what clock we're using. So I'd have the ability you know, to run certain zones at certain times, specifically on the, on the practice pitches. And that was great because our, our head coach got hired a couple of weeks after I did. We met right away. And these were things we talked about. And he's like, hey, when I'm training, I want you, he, he loves his water. So we are constantly watering around them, you know, during training. So we're able to, you know, kind of manipulate where those are. And then from experience, where do I have shutoff valves if we have a problem? Where how are we running those pipes compared to everything? Is everything under the artificial turf? Okay, what happens if it breaks? Can we move it in under the grass so that way we have an easier time maybe to fix it? You know, and those kind of things. And then um, figuring out like where are we going to be set up, where the equipment goes, making tweaks to the equipment that was coming in. Um, you know, that, that was like kind of the fun stuff. And then it's kind of hard. I can't remember the details, but I know I had a long list. Like, yeah, yeah, why yeah. is the drainage like this? Why is it that rock? I got here soon enough to help pick the root zones. And I required a, much testing that happened to make sure we were picking the right one. And that so, um, I mean, it was, it was just, it was, it's, it's great to have all the experience and then be able to use that experience. Yeah. And that's, that's what like, I think is so cool about all these new stadiums and jobs opening up is like being able to, build it from the beginning, you know, having your own fleet that you have your obvious preferences, whether it's Toro, John Deere, whatever, like 
understanding that these are the things that I need in order to make the impact on the player safety, on the, the longevity of the field. You know, there are so many new standards, I think, that have come out that are just like, Oh, we're just going to resign here. You don't need that. Oh, we're going to redo this, that, and this. Like being able to have a sense of, okay, this is the expectation. I'm not planning on a certain renovation or anything like that. And I can have everything I need to optimize everything at the highest level all year long. And for as long as it's going to be before anything really happens to it. Um, I think that's so cool that you got the opportunity to do that. So um, something I do kind of want to talk about since we're on the subject, what is the facility made up of? I know it's, I know it's in near downtown ish St. Louis. Yeah. I mean, it practice it is right facility, downtown. practice facility backs up to the stadium. Correct. Am I right in saying that? So if you could sort of just give us like a facility rundown of where you had imp, uh, an impact on and just sort of like how it all sort of, I, I mean, it sounds like an incredible complex. So sort of how that came together. Yeah, so it, it's it's really great. So we're the only MLS facility that has the training center, the practice pitches, and the stadium and the academy all in one centralized downtown location. I can see the arch from my office every day. We are right next to Union Station and the giant Ferris wheel, if anyone is familiar with downtown St. Louis. And um, so there's two reasons, you know, part of the reason they were kind of looking at this area, our ownership was really wanting to invest in St. Louis. It's a St. Louis company. Um, uh, it's they, they are really looking at this as how can we improve downtown St. Louis while also doing this? And so, yeah, so we've got everything back to back, which is amazing because then, um, you know, the hard part in a lot of these sports is if you're at the stadium, you may not have that interaction with the coaching staff on the yeah. day in and day out. But then if you're at the training facilities, you kind of don't get the glory of, of match day. And so what's great is we are all able to be with everyone all together. And I, I see every every blade of grass, you know, about every day. And um, and so, yeah, so then we've got three grass fields uh, that are Northbridge Bermuda grass. The stadium, we have a sub-air system uh, with the, the vacuum and the blower. We also have uh, eight grow lights. And we have a full glycol heating system. And then you move to the practice pitches and they are also heated. And that's the the big game changer for Bermuda grass or the transition zones is what I'm seeing so far and ryegrass establishment really. And so those are heated. And then uh, across the street from that, we have one synthetic pitch that our Academy is using and we, you know, maybe hope to expand at some point and add more. Now, uh, the heating system is very, it's very new in the sense of like the technology has only been out for a couple of years. Am I right in saying that? Well, the, this glycol system, yes. you know, when I was at Virginia tech years ago, they had the sub air forced air system. And yeah, I did yeah, some yeah. of my master's research on that and it wasn't the best, but, um, it, I think it's how we got to where we are now. Okay. So I, and again, I had the opportunity to see, it. uh, Ryan Bajorn has it up at the revolution uh, facility. And I believe he put in like one strip of Bermuda grass and his bluegrass fields. Um, could you sort of discuss like the overall impact? Obviously when we talk about uh, soil temps and everything, what comes into the scientific side of things, what is your experience been like so far? Again, I'm, I'm sure it hasn't been too cold yet, but it's getting there. Um, but you guys have great thriving Bermuda grass in sort of the upper end of the transition zone when you're talking about fluctuations and temperatures and 
really cooling down a lot sooner in the year compared to places like, I don't know, North Carolina ish, even us, you know, here in Virginia. Yeah. It's uh, you know, when I, when I took this job, I came from, you know, DC area and I'm like, Oh, I know transition zone. Yeah. And then my first couple of years in Missouri, I realized it was colder in the winter and hotter in the summer. And, uh, pain in the ass, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, luckily I'd only really grown grass in the transition zone for the last couple of years. So I, you know, kind of knew, but, um, what, what's interesting is how I always prefaced it at university of Missouri is like, you know, pretty much from like October 15th to March 15th, sometimes even April 15th, we're not growing any Bermuda grass. So I've got that small window to grow it in, to give a mat to grow the rye grass in. And what I'm seeing here is we've had a couple of days that have gotten in the twenties. Um, but, um, with the heat, we are, we are taking a lot of clippings every day. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and it's, it's a lot of fun. So the practice fields, we didn't have covers on cause they're being used, you know, six, seven days a week. Um, and then the stadium hasn't been used at all. So we're able to baby it every time it gets cold, <laughs> the covers out, but um, it's, it's really is. I mean, we are growing active Bermuda grass. Now with that being said, I'm a little nervous that it's going to drop down to 20 degrees in two days here for, you know, at <laughs> night, I don't know what, the, you know, we got pretty happy, lush, fat Bermuda grass right now. Little, so it's going to be kind of a fun the thing, system, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's actually, you know, I had a meeting earlier, like messing with the heating system, trying to figure out how to regulate those temps and with big swings and, you know, the, the, the heat is down 10 inches below. So, what temperature do we need to be there to manipulate about three inches down, (laughs) you know, and to move it through the sand. And it's, um, but no, it's, it's, it's really like, I'm, I'm really enjoying having heat. And like I said, and also to the ryegrass establishment, because it seems like the last couple of years, the ryegrass establishment window, because it went from like summer to fall to winter and like days seemed like it was like less than a week. So what, what I'm really finding is we didn't oversee till, mid-October and we're able to get get it to come up no problem because we have that heat and we're able to get it going. That's awesome. And it's so cool to, I mean, listen to you talking about how like, again, different things happen, different places, like understand like the, the climate changes of even across a pitch, you know, when you have shade and you have all these different factors that don't really come into the mind of a not turf manager, you know, uh, like talk about forcing heat through to get to that point where like, okay, we're going to be okay. Like at some point, like it's really, I'm really interested to see if we ever find like sort of a standard of practice, which I don't really think there will be when it comes to like, again, microclimates with all of that. Like I know Travis Hogan, he uses fine fescue in his field because of the shade issues that he has on one end of his field. I'm like, who thinks of that? You know, like no one, no one else is thinking, oh, I'm going to oversee with fine fescue in my ryegrass. Like, uh, it's just cool to hear all the different ways. And again, just what you guys are doing. It's awesome. Um, so now I do want to shift. You talked about a little bit about, uh, Casey and the guys at tag being able to see sort of the construction side of things. Um, and I f- don't know when the field was constructed, but I, w- I actually saw, I saw Casey on Friday last week. Um, uh, he was talking about how like, there's a chance they're going to be moving on to the next step. Cause I mean, the modular system has been in there for quite a while. So um, what has your journey been like through this industry? Uh, the guys you've met and again, the, the different uh, experiences you've had uh, in turf grass management. Yeah, it's, I mean, 
it's funny. My, the, the story keeps getting longer the longer I do this, but you know, the basics of it was I was at Michigan state university and uh, switch majors into horticulture and then had to take turf science. In the first lecture, Dr. Rogers is talking about grass for the world cup in the silver dome. And then uh, we had our, you know, our lab section that week and we were so lucky and our, our horticulture group was all kept together but Dr. Well, at the time, John Sorokin was our GA. And I mean, what a, what a joy and what, what a classroom that is. <laughs> yeah. And, and right. And so this is him, you know, trying to become Dr. Sorokin. And it, it's just awesome. Like, and I fell in love with the whole idea of doing this. And he's talking about going to Madrid and Barcelona and all these trips. And he's, we're talking about World Cup which is really a lot of fun now that they're involved with the world and cup Cutter again. and everything. Yeah. Um, and also too, Dr. Rogers was the consultant on this project here in St. Louis. So it's just, awesome. you know, kind of full circle, but anyway, I got into it um, with them. And then I, I, I live just, uh, you know, in Southeast Michigan, North of Ohio. And so I joined the STMA and um, Sylvania parks and rec had won like parks and rec field of the year and uh, Boyd Montgomery and uh, Brian Hall were there. So I, I went and worked for him for a summer and then I moved to Virginia tech. Um, and, you know, got to go work with Casey and the guys. And, um, and that, that was just awesome. I mean, Buford Meredith taught me how to paint lines. I oh, mean, man. kind of tear up almost thinking about it. Um, what a great experience. And, you know, and, and, and the guys that were there, Andy and Emerson were students at the time when I was GAing, you know, so I got to be a part of their growth, you know, and they're still there. Ronnie was there, you know, Pete was there. Um, I got just uh, uh, so many stories. And really, when you think about it too, Jason Bowers was there. I think I was 24, Jason was 25 and Casey was 26. And it's just wild <laughs> to think of that. Um, oh, that's awesome. You know, when I talk to my assistants now, I'm like, oh, you can be head groundskeepers in your 20s, you know, and it's just it's just wild to think. Um, but, yeah, so then I was at Virginia Tech for the two years and I left graduate school early because at that time, that's when uh, Sully was leaving George Mason to form Game Day Inc. officially. And through my association, through like the VSTMA and, and Jason Bowers and them, I was able to get to interview for that George Mason job. And then I, so I got to go, go be there for a couple of years and uh, how great was that, you know? And then, you know, that long, Jimmy Rogers was there before Sully and Dan Douglas before that. So kind of just this little hidden gem of a great place to get to grow so grass. Mason, Mason had some hidden gems. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, and just like I said, another great opportunity then, you know, Washington, D.C. Parks and Recs um, decided they wanted to start investing in fields with Mayor Fenty. And so I went and did that for two years. And that's where I really got a lot of the construction. We're, I don't know how many fields. It's, I feel like it was like 13 fields we built in that couple of years time. Um, and then that's when, the, you know, I kind of missed college athletics then at that point. And this University of Missouri job opened. And so for 12 years, I was at the University of Missouri. I thought it was great because I got back in the Midwest. I thought I was moving closer to home, but I was actually the same distance from home uh, from Michigan. Uh, (laughs) That's always good. You're like, wait a second. Dang it. (laughs) It was really cool because like when I was at Virginia Tech, we went from the Big East to the ACC and then I got to Missouri and I got to go from the Big 12 to the SEC. 
And it's kind of cool. I don't know how many other people have done two uh, conference realignment. Well, probably now it's a lot more prevalent, but um, (laughs) everybody changing their mind, right? (laughs) But that was great. And, you know, and it hit that right when that SEC network started and all of a sudden we all went from having maybe one or two games a year on TV to having like a hundred events a year. And, (laughs) uh, you know, just a lot of fun. And then, um, you know, when I was at Virginia tech, um, that's when they, you know, like I said, when I first started, like I said, Jason Bowers wasn't even there for the first month. It was just Casey and a GA essentially. And then Ronnie and all them and just kind of making it all work. Uh, they decided to kind of break it all up. Uh, like instead of having all of us just running around like crazy, like let's have someone do some football, someone do baseball, someone do soccer, lacrosse. And so I was all like, yeah, football, football, football. And then Jason was like, I want you to do soccer and lacrosse. And I was like, dang it. <laughs> uh, I'm like, okay, you know, whatever, you know, I mean, I'm just a GA anyway. What's the matter? And yeah. I loved it. I loved, uh, I really took ownership of the sport, the, f- the field, um, you know, getting to deal with all that. And, uh, you know, the men's and women's program were amazing then, you know, Briz, the head coach now is the assistant coach. I mean, it's kind of cool to, to watch him, but, uh, I really, I really fell in love with maintaining soccer fields. So every step of the way, as I did things, I just kept, I just, you know, at, at university of Missouri, I, I really probably didn't have to work on the soccer pitch that much if I didn't want to, but I just loved it. And so, yeah. Uh, when this started happening in St. Louis, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm close, you know, maybe, you know, and I, you know, I throw it around, maybe, maybe not. And then once I started the interview process and I met the ownership and, and everyone involved, I was like, as, as uh, Jason Tyne said, how often do you get to build something from scratch? Very true. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Well, they got one of the greatest. So they did a good job. Um and again, I, I loved hearing the story. I mean, there it's it's crazy how much things sort of cross over in people's stories. You know, when obviously we share the shop at Tech and everything, but uh, I mean, Sully works on our fields, obviously, with his consulting and everything like that. I've known him since I was in high school. Uh, I mean, it's it's crazy to see just sort of how everyone's journey sort of is all intertwined in a way, you know. Uh, whether that's just friendships that you've made over time or actually working with the people that you worked with. I mean, the guys you're talking about, you're saying they were students. They were my bosses when I was there. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, it's, that- it's great. It's awesome just to see also the growth in everybody's careers, you know? Uh, um, it's just, it's crazy to think about and how far everybody's come from where they started. I mean, Andy, <laughs> I was talking to Andy. He has the uh, soccer field, as you know, uh, and he, he's very secluded with everything like he's a very quiet guy obviously and whatnot and i was like you enjoying life up here man he's like dude i love it I'm like, that's great he has a turf tank now and everything so he loves oh, yeah. that. i'm like andy you don't even paint the field anymore he's like man why would i you know <laughs> so i mean it's it's just it's great to have those people um which kind of leads me to my next question obviously uh, you were talking about your turf dad and everything like uh, with Goatly and everybody obviously knows one of the greatest to ever do anything really. Um, who has been there throughout your career that have had such a big impact on like where you're at now? I mean, and there, there are so many great ones in your story already, you know, um, but what were some of the ones that really stuck out to you? I mean, it, it's, it's, Sorokin and I had a, a connection right away when he was a GA and I was a student. I, I mean, we still remember, we talk about it all the time. 
his wife, girlfriend at the time and my wife, girlfriend at the time, like we had basketball tickets near each other, <laughs> like down in the, you know, we always see each other there. And, um, and then, you know, I was at Virginia tech and then he got the job at Tennessee. So um, he always jokes on the longest running grad student he's ever had. Cause he was actually on my committee since he was so close and he had some of that experience with shade and some of the grow cover stuff and he had some of the tools. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, we drive down to Knoxville for meetings or we'd meet in the middle and have, uh, Dr. Samples, who's a great professor down there at, at Tennessee would arrange like us at these amazing country clubs. I had no business playing golf <laughs> at, and we'd have a committee nice. meeting, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. But Sorokin's always been there. And then, you know, when I first started at Virginia tech, Dr. Goley was not there. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that was actually an interesting experience being a grad student and going through the process of hiring a new turf professor. So um, we got to be involved in a lot of different kind of meetings with other people. And um, so what a great person to come into your life then. Uh, you know, every time I used to go back to Blacksburg, that's whose house I stayed at. Like, they joked, like I installed their TVs or speakers for him at one of their houses. And, <laughs> nice. um, so he's been there, you know, Casey, we don't talk a lot because it's Casey, um, I you know, it. and, but, his impact on me, I have a lot, you know, I, I joked with you when we were trying to connect in this podcast, I have a lot of his bad habits of <laughs> taking like weeks to reply to a text or an email, You're fine. <laughs> but there are so many things he did for me. Like, you know, he just threw me in the fire and was like, go take care of this stuff. And I messed up a lot, a lot there. And never once was I in trouble for that. And I've always kept that with me. And he never blamed me either. If talking to a coach, he took the blame on himself. And those are some big, uh, you know, big lessons I've taken with me my whole life. Uh, I don't know. I got this huge list of people here, you know, and then, you know, it, it was great too. When I got to Missouri, uh, Brad Friesenberg was there and uh, just one of these amazing behind the scenes sports turf guys who's been, who didn't have any glory, you know, didn't have like the glory. Like I used to joke, he invented sports turf, you know, <laughs> you know, he was doing sports turf before it was like the popular thing in, in turf research. So I mean, I, I know I'm missing people. Boyd Montgomery, I made a list, so I wouldn't forget. I love it. You know? I love it. You know, but Boyd Montgomery and Brian Hall, Jason Bowers, Eric Irvin, Sully, Jimmy Rogers, Bob Studholm. He was the president of the VSTMA when I was coming up and let me be on like these committees as a student, you know? So, yeah, there's a lot. And then Mike Alden, the AD at Missouri, who you know, one of the people that brought me in, him and Tim Hickman, they were amazing people in my life. So that's awesome. I love how you have a list, you know, that's, it's, it's hard to, you know, I still miss people. Everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's hard to recognize everybody, you know, and like Dr. Irvin, I, he was uh, my advisor when I was here. He actually left my senior year, I think, but like him, I mean, Dr. Gilly, all those guys, McCall, I mean the whole tech yeah, yeah. Well, I was just, like, yeah. David and I were grad students together. That's awesome. So that, you know, and that, that was what's fun too. Like all the people I was grad students with at the same time. So Whitney and I were grad and David, you know, we were all grad students together. And then like the other people at the other colleges and, you know, Pam share was a, a grad student then. And I mean, I'm trying to think of some others, Jim Brosnan, you know, like, I mean, it's, it's just, just like, lineup. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, and even at Michigan state, I mean, think about it when I was an undergrad, it was Jason Henderson, John Sorok and Tim Vanini. I mean, it was like, it's just, you know, and Tim Van Lu and I were in the same, you know, classes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's crazy. You know, Matt Anderson. Yeah, it's just there's so many. And I Everybody. So many. 
you know, and then like, you know, and then really to this day, you know, Jesse Pritchard and Chris May are still two close friends that I have that, you know, you can, Hey, hey man, I'm having this it's stuff. You wouldn't share with anyone else. Like on the fields, like, how yeah. would you fix this? How would you do this? <laughs> it's, you know? it's one of those behind the door. Like, I'm not gonna let anybody know. What would I do with this? <laughs> yeah. No, it's funny how you were talking about Casey and his habits. I, I've always like Casey is one of those guys. And again, he impacted me more than most people have when it came to like me as even a human being, you know, um, obviously turf related. Like he, he was one of those guys that always outworked you. And you were like, damn, I gotta like, what are you doing, Casey? Like, slow, slow down for two seconds, please. Like, I gotta catch up. Yeah. Like, and you never wanted to not be outworked by him, but it was never possible to catch him, you know? Um, and it's funny because when we were down there on Friday, I was giving him so much crap because he's moved up in the food chain of things and he's forced to like be in his office and whatnot. And uh, I was like, oh, Casey, what are these? These are shoes? I didn't know you yeah. had shoes. Like, <laughs> he's like, I have to look a little bit professional, Drew, for my job. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> now you do. But uh, Casey's always been there for me. And whenever I actually like need him, like he will answer the phone. Like it might take a couple of times, but that's because he has a full box and he has 75 people calling him probably when I called him. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it's moments like that that you carry with you. Like you were saying, you know, again, never blaming anybody but himself always taking like, I mean that, that changes. And I think moments like that change the outlook of people's sort of career. You know, um, I talk about Matt Brown with the pirates. I, <laughs> I don't know why you telling this story, but I ran into a wall pad <laughs> like 15 <laughs> minutes before first pitch. Like, oh. I was dragging the warning track. I'm like, <laughs> And I didn't notice it until I went back around. Like I, I didn't feel anything. Yeah. And I'm like, why is there a hole in the wall? And it's like, until this day, I'm like, Matt, I don't know how you didn't scream at me or anything like that. Like they had to go out and take the pad down and put the whole new wrap on it. I was like, that carries weight. You know, the fact that in the moment, again, it first pitched 10 minutes away. Like I always carry that with me whenever I'm frustrated. You know, I don't ever want to impact the kid in a negative way in the classroom because of their mess up, which <laughs> I have a little bit more of a high volume of mess ups because there's 200 of them. So yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, but again, that's, what's so cool about all of it. Um, something else that I wanted to talk about, obviously with your current role was not just, again, one of the biggest things that we sort of undervalue in turf is personnel in the sense of a staff, you know, obviously we have all these incredible people in our lives and, uh, Underwood, Ciroc, and all these guys. But the day-to-day, -day, there are so many different things that go into it, and behind it is the staff. You know, What was it like for you sort of constructing your staff now that you have at St. Louis? Yeah, so that, you know, you're asking more of the things I really focused on, and really it probably was more staff-based. Like I had I, – I could tell this was different here and that my opinion was not – only valued, but it was really listened to. And so I had this vision of what I thought the, the ideal maybe grounds crew would look up, look like. And, you know, and it's like, if we're going to do this right, where we can take care of each other, where we're not missing major life events for sporting events, you know, sports are important, but also, you know, having a, having a happy crew that's not just working all the time. And then also to have a dedication to actually pay turf people what they're worth. And I went to my ownership and I, I presented this plan 
and they're like, okay. And so <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, like, 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 you don't have any questions? You don't want me? Yeah. To- you know, because uh, it's funny in the, in the beginning, I was like, this job was great. I had uh, no boss, no fields, and no crew. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So it was a, a nice little break. But um, so, yeah. So, uh, I was able to put together, I, 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 I call them the dream team. I think they're the best staff there is. And so I was able to, um, hire one of my assistants, uh, Seth Weymouth from university of Missouri. And he came in as a student and right away as a student, he, uh, wanted to be in charge of something his first week as a freshman. And, and I was like, you can help me with soccer. And it was great. So <laughs> awesome. he's always been my, my soccer helper. And then I was able to hire him full time, you know, and got him some an in, good internship with the Philadelphia Union. And then um, I really was hoping to find someone with some heat and light experience. And I was lucky enough to find Alex Peters from Sporting KC, who was maintaining their stadium pitch and had a lot of doing the heat and lights in this climate. You know, it was even That's better awesome. than I could yeah. ever dreamed of and a lot of experience. And, you know, he could be a head groundskeeper now, you know. And, um, and then, you know, and then, uh, you know, the third one, I, I was trying to just look around, you know, and you see Maritza kind of floating around on Twitter and everything. And I, I had a great opportunity to, when I, to go look at the sod at Carolina green and, um, you know, I ended up, I called Clark Cox at South Carolina. I'm like, is Maritza going to be around? I'm like, I'm going I'm to make a pit stop. Um. You know? <laughs> and, um, what I loved is she had no idea who I was and why, why is this person meeting with me? And I just kind of uh, wanted to meet fun. with her and, and, uh, and it was great. And, 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 and overall though, like it, we put out these postings and the people who applied were incredible. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I was hearing all these horror stories about hiring and, um, and I, I, I forget how many, like after the first day, we had like 20. I'm like, oh, okay, we're going to be done. And then I, I, I don't even remember what the number got up to, but it, it was so overwhelming, the amount of people who applied. And um, it was great. You know, Alex applied, Maritz applied and all them, And we were able to, you know, meet with them. And we did a, a series of interviews. And um, I'm very lucky. Like I, um, I, w- I was joking. Like I, I got to remember how to mow and paint, you know, cause they're all so good. Um, <laughs> You know, it's really nice. And what's really great, too, is is, uh, their interaction with our coaching staff, with the athletes. Uh, I mean, the the sporting side here at at City is amazing. And the ownership side is amazing, too. Like, everyone's just great. It's like it's a joy to be here every day. And I think that helps having a a crew that you put together. And, um, you know, it's it's a lot of fun. Now we haven't had a match yet either. So. You haven't seen the the challenges yet, <laughs> but um, I'm but sure you've had this plenty. Is, of this time. is the group I want to go into battle with, you know. And that's that's also awesome to hear, you know, because uh, I mean, when there there are some experiences that I had that I like saw like tension or like issues between boss and uh, employee, you know, like where it's it's not, I wouldn't say it's toxic, but it's like counterproductive in a sense, you know, it's it's really great to be able to have people there that want to be there and want to, and, and honestly have energy, like knowing Maritza, like it's just constant, like, Hey, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? I'm like, I mean, I mean at the little league world series, I like Maritza just calm down for a second, please. Okay. I'm not even working and I'm just trying to breathe here. Okay. 
Um, but there's just so many things that, and again, I love how you brought in people with the talents that you needed, you know, the heating and the, nobody would really think about that, you know? Uh, and that's, what's great about you is you understand the necessities and the, uh, sort of areas which that you can benefit knowledge from people who are working for you. You know, a lot of people don't look at it like that, which I truly appreciate because I want my kids to have the opportunity to meet people like that and work for people like that. Um, so, you know, it's, it's really awesome to see and be able to hear, I mean, coming from the head guy, you know, it's always good to hear. Um, obviously there's a lot of things that go into what you're doing day to day. Is there anything from maybe your time at Mizzou tech, wherever it is that you sort of have brought along, whether it's practices or sort of the standard of practice for the crew into St. Louis that you think is good to know and understand, um, moving forward again into your first season? Yeah, you know, it's not so much agronomy-based, but it's probably the positive coaching training I got at University of Missouri. Um, uh, Dr. Scott Morton really is a bit, big influence on my life that I probably didn't mention earlier, who uh, she was, you know, when I first started doing the positive coaching training, she was a student and, you know, finished up with her PhD and was our mental performance coach for a long time while I was there and helped me with my first talk. And, but it's the, really what it's carried with me is how to treat a staff, how to treat people, not just your staff, but just anybody. And um, there's so much negativity. It can be real easy to keep going down that road. So that, you know, that's probably, you know, it's, it's less agronomics and more like people based. And it's, it's unfortunate because what we really don't get training in at all. Um, and, and through the call, you know, we learn how to every little thing about how a plant cell wall works and, you know, but like, you know, the, <laughs> The, I didn't get it much of that management training. Like I said, you know, you, you don't realize it until after me you do some of this training, like, oh, well, Casey was a good influence the way he treated me, but you're not thinking of that at the time. Like, not like not, a, on a piece of paper, like this is what you need to know, right? Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's a, that's a big, a big part of it. Agronomic wise. I mean, Casey even told me this when I left for George Mason, the growing grass will be the easy part. <laughs> it, it's not that it's not challenging, but it's really, it's all the the people management and it's the, uh, managing expectations. And, and that, that's, what's so great about where I am is I, I have the, the sporting side's incredible. Like I don't have to tell them to move every day. They do it automatically. And, you know, they respect us and they, the, the athletes and the, the coaches treat us respectfully. And if they give us feedback, it's not in a negative way. It's mm-hmm. they know we want to be better, you know? So, so those yeah. relationships I think is what's so key to all this. What has it been like sort of creating those relationships uh, at St. Louis Soccer Club in comparison to maybe a college? Because there's so many different like hierarchies in sports field management that I think a lot of us don't really examine in a sense. You know, like I, I was able to work in NFL, MLB, NCAA, and now high school. Like there's a way in which in doing things to get it done properly without stepping on toes and things like that. What has it been like for you creating those relationships? Obviously, college, you have coaches that a lot of those relationships happen it's probably a lot more uh player based in the pros like what has it been like for you and even your staff creating those relationships here yeah it's it's been remarkably easy here is what's what's amazing and i i i think this is unique to bradley our our head coach i mean his first day here um he wanted to meet with me that was important and he laid down the foundation that he'd respect us and our crew and he'll listen to us and you know he had luckily come from Red Bulls, which they win so many awards. And <laughs> that's how 
they do they things, do you know? And so he's seen it firsthand. So that made it easy. Um, I wasn't prepared for like how easy it is to get like the interactions with the the players themselves. And, um, you know, and it's what, a, what a difference, like that first meeting with Bradley, he's from South uh, Africa and then our director of sportings from Germany. And I'm like, I was, I remember this, this moment sitting there and I'm like, wow, my life has changed <laughs> drastically. Yeah. And it's all respect. And it, it was no yelling or no, like, this is how you're going to maintain the, the pitches and, um so that was a, a good start but then you know too now we have all these athletes coming in from overseas we have you know germans and switzerland and bosnia and, and it, it's kind of neat this melting pot and i i really enjoy it and how everyone just gets along and um it it like i said it's been the most enjoyable part because you didn't know how like it was like ah this job's great and then it's like oh now we got a coach okay now it's going to get real and it's just been it's been great with bradley and um you know, even the, a couple of weeks ago, he was at Leeds visiting and there was a bare area on the pitch and I just sent him a photo and he's like, they won't be on that area, you know, just, just that easy, you know, moving around. So I, I've liked it, you know, college was tough because it was just such change. Yeah, It was um, constantly, right? We just joked. It took three years to get to know the coach. And by year four, he was either fired or took another job, you know, and yeah. it, it, but it's not untrue. No, 100%. You know, year one, they come in and got to fix everything. Year two, it's like, uh, well, actually year one's more like, oh my gosh, what's happening? Year yeah. two is like, we're going to, this is how we're going to change everything. Year three is like, oh, you're around all the time, no matter what. Okay. You know, <laughs> and then like I said, then usually year four, it was like some kind of change happening. So that, that was always difficult. And the, and the stress of the SEC was unimaginable to what can. they had to deal with. And, um, you know, I saw it firsthand, the, the people I was friends with, you know, before and at big 12 to SEC and they, just everything changed for them. I hear you for sure. Um, has there been any like really awesome memories that, you want to share that, like whether it was player or coach, whatever it is, maybe way back when you were GA or anything like that, that really has stuck with you and really has really fueled sort of the fire for, I mean, managing fields, you know, cause obviously, like you said, it's a grind and there's so many different things that go into it. And being able to wake up every morning and loving your job is hard to do if other people, again, are having a bad influence, but anything like player coach wise, that sort of has stuck with you. That's like, wow, this is, this is incredible. You know, there's just, there's always these just little moments here and there and, you know, not a lot of attaboys, you know, but when you get one, it, it felt pretty good. And, and, you know, like uh, Billy Brown was the coach at George Mason, you know, I think he just, just retired after 40 some years, but yeah. like, but really learned there because the facilities were nothing, you know, but he's like, we're going to have these camps and we need to get them on the field because that's when we're going to win them over. Cause this is going to be the best field they ever play on, mm-hmm. you know? And like, it's kind of like that mentality. And it, it kind of was at university of Missouri also, you know, once we joined the sec, all of a sudden our baseball stadium was like nothing compared to some of these. And then two, you know, we're hosting sec games, you know, like LSU in like March. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember once we plowed down seven, 12 inches off, off the field to play. Solid. And, you know, and like the Bermuda might be dormant, you know, it might not, the field doesn't look great in the beginning. It looks like it got snowed on. <laughs> yeah. And and then afterwards, like an infielder being like, that's the best infield I've ever played on, you know, some kind of comment like that. Like, you don't even know who it is, 
but generally if it's just some kind of some like someone going out of their way to tell you like man that was that was really amazing or we loved it here you know um you know sporting memories it's it's hard you know like nothing in particular you just get so into every team you're in every everything feels amazing you know especially once you become like friends with the coaches and stuff then it gets real personal but yeah you know nothing you know it's usually like these like random probably comments that someone says to you that they don't even realize it meant something to you yeah yeah that's awesome and and then everyone has those moments you know where it's like okay i guess somebody gets something right (laughs) yeah um now, a big part of this industry, obviously, we've talked about different people that, again, our paths have crossed with people. And I remember meeting you, I believe it was in Denver, which was my first STMA 2014, I think, 2015, something like that. Um, and a lot of it goes into, again, the people in this industry. What is it meant for you to be a part of, again, the SFMA and how has it played a role sort of in your career, even today, uh, knowing like the people that you can be interviewing, how they connect with SFMA and things like that? What has it been like for you being a part of the organization? Yeah, it's been a huge part, you know, because really because helping out with the VSTMA at the time is how I kind of really got to meet Sully, you know, which helped lead to my first job, you know. But then, too, like if you if I look back. I don't know, I've been going 18, 19 years probably to the conference. Uh, last year was like the first one I missed. Um, but, and then when I interviewed for this job, how many people, had I not gone to the SFMA conference, people I met there that made a difference and, you know, or had some connection to this, to this job. And it, it's, it's amazing. So it's like, you know, it's exciting. To, I can't wait to go to, to Salt Lake because, it, you know, I, it's like I haven't seen been there for like a couple of years. But the COVID year didn't help either. Yeah, well, exactly. Right. But, you know, and, you know, in Chad Price, I'd met through Casey, but, you know, getting the sod, like being I'd already been to Carolina Green, you know, back at Virginia Tech, like Chad hired me to do some testing at the Carolina Panthers when he was there testing out different infill systems, you know, and had been to his place. And and then uh you know, met Paul Burgess randomly. And mm-hmm. actually the first year, neither of us talked about where we worked. And it was like the next year, I was like, Real Madrid, is that where you work? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> Wait a second, what? <laughs> yeah, and then and through him, meet Simon. And then, so, you know, and then, um, so when we did the phrase mowing at Mizzou, Simon actually came over and then with Jared Minnick, and this is when they were kind of starting this thing really going when Jared and Simon had really thought thought this phrase mowing thing through and got to have both of them, you know, come phrase mow, you know, at Mizzou was, was pretty awesome. And, you know, and then, you know, Simon then, you know, was doing the light sales, um, you know, and, and even Matt who works with SGL now knowing him from back, because uh, his coach became my coach at George Mason. I mean, it's just funny. Like there's just so many connections and um, yeah, I mean, I, owe a lot, you know, it's so important to go because it's, it's, it's not necessarily the education. That's really good too, but it's that networking and, and it, you can't overstate how amazing it is. And, um, and like how the, the group just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and your, your, your pool of people to pick from, you know, I'm really excited because now that I'm in the MLS, uh, a lot of these guys I've kind of been on emails with or whatever, and I get to, you know, meet them now, you know, it's yeah. kind of like this new try, you know, I had the SEC tribe was amazing. What we all went through 
with having that network form and the the added pressure of 24 seven and, you know, and now I'm really excited to meet these MLS guys in person and some, I know some, I don't. Absolutely. I, I also love how there's like little factions and all of it, you know, like, yeah, uh, I was talking to oh, who was it? Uh, Drew uh, at, at Bama, uh, one of my students, he obviously there's no turf program down there, but he loved working on our fields and everything that he's like, you think you gave me a job on the grounds crew and he's been working for them doing great job and everything and talking to Drew and how tight knit that group was is or is now, you know, with everything going on in the SEC. Uh, I'm sure ACC has some stuff, but like you say, MLS, I know uh, NFL guys are super close and all that. It's just, it's cool how there's like, again, obviously anyone will help from anywhere, but at the same mm-hmm. time, like those guys that are going through the same crap, uh, you know, like they're, yeah. they're able to be there whenever you need them, which is what's, that's what I love about SFMA. Cause I don't know many industries where you can just sort of be like reaching out and saying, Hey, I need some help with this. Hey, I mean, this podcast, you know, things like that, where it's like creating connections and allowing people to have a voice, you know, is just something that's so cool uh, in our industry. So, yeah, that's I think that's awesome. Um, something I was going to ask earlier, it's definitely a big shift because <laughs> it's yeah. it's something I should ask before. But um, you were talking about how your Northbridge and everything, and that's sort of your preference. Uh, what other Bermudas have you worked with? We're about to go through a renovation, actually, and most people haven't heard that. That's probably the first time I've actually spoken <laughs> in a public forum that uh, our game field is getting renovated uh, this winter. And we're working on uh, trying to figure out what Bermuda is going to be best. And we've, we have actually, we do have Tahoma and we have Northbridge, we have Latitude. Uh, I have Patriot from when I wasn't here. Um, <laughs> but we have all these different varieties and we've been able to sort of observe how they perform. What has it been like for you sort of through the, your time with the Bermudas and why was Northbridge sort of the one that you felt would be best for um, St. Louis? Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. We had one of the TIFFs that Virginia Tech when I was there and then that's kind of when the Patriot craze was Tiff happening. Eagle? Was it Tiff Eagle? Uh, no, I, I, I know a, a name we used to call it, but it's not the right name, you know. <laughs> um, uh, but you know, and that and that and that's really when Sully got kind of got going with game day. Is you yeah. know, he started spraying Patriot fields, and he could renovate a field so quickly because that Patriot was so aggressive. So yep. then, you know, so then I had Patriot at George Mason, and then um, we were doing Patriot in the city, and then when I got to um, Missouri, they had. So some of the older varieties. And so one of the first things I did, it was bringing some Patriot Bermuda grass. And then, um, you know, Jesse had tried out that latitude. I think he had one of the first latitude fields at UVA. Yeah, yeah. And so I actually had sod shipped in from Oakwood and Maryland all the way to That's Columbia. Where we got all of our sprigs from for other. Yeah. So they actually delivered sprigs and, you know, and we, we did sod to sprig. And then, uh, cause I was trying to get baseball to go from bluegrass to Bermuda. And so we did this one rectangle. And he's like, we want that in our field. I didn't know what Bermuda could look like that. <laughs> so I had a lot of experience with latitude, but we started, we had two bad winter kill years in a row with the latitude. And so, um, and so did, you know, Travis with the Chiefs and, and Casey at, at Sporting. I don't know if he was there. I mean, he was there at that time. But anyway, gotcha. all their Northbridge survived when the latitude wasn't doing great. And so we made the switch at Missouri. Actually, one, 
we made the switch on one and then one we just sprigged right into the latitude <laughs> uh which everyone's like oh it's almost the same it, it was nowhere near the same so that was nice a little try, bit of a nice try. <laughs> yeah and then um believe it or not when i was visiting uh one of the sod farms around here um they had that was the day they got their tahoma to establish their sprigs for the next year and i got like a you know a little piece and kind of watched it and then i ended up sodding like a sideline of football with a tahoma so i've had them all and i still like the north bridge best the tahoma had a lot better color um but i just i love the way that north bridge reacts i mean we're with they comment all the time our team but they can hardly tell they practiced on it it, awesome. it it just holds up so well. Now it's really hard to overseed also that, you know, it's one of the <laughs> issues, but I'll deal with that to have, have it survive winter and not have the, the fear of like, uh, we have no grass. <laughs> yeah. Very true. So they scratch them up a little bit, try and force the seed down and they'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so we wrap up on these last two questions again. Sorry for switching the scripts. No, that's fine. On you. Um, which again, this this question is not like to make life simpler or easier or anything like that. It's just curious to see what you guys think. Um, if there was one thing that you wish you could know before you entered the industry, what would that one thing be and why? Uh, it'd be the toll that it takes on my family. You know, so, you know, my wife, you know, girlfriend at the time, you know, we were at Michigan State, moved to Virginia Tech. So she kind of saw it as it was happening you know, the, the hours, but, uh, my kids had no choice in the matter, you know, they're, they're born to us and then <laughs> yes, they get to yes. be, uh, children of a turf grass manager. And so, um, you know, that's hard and it's hard to make that time and to make it work. And that's part of the reason I was trying to look for something different because college athletics was just, it was just unrelenting. Um, and uh, I'm really excited to be here. I mean, you know, I, I know we're, we will have special events and everything, but even, you know, it, it, the MLS season is, is it, it's a long season, but I'm used to having like Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, and so yeah. it, events going on. So it, it's pretty exciting. I, and this last year has been amazing family time wise. Like, and, and, you know, it's, it's weird, right? Cause like those first couple of weekends is like, all right, it's kind of like, aren't you supposed to go do something like, you know, the, my children's perspective was I was gone, you know, on weekends and nights. So it's nice to have a change. And that that's, that's the hard part I'd say. Which, and again, like you can tell, like with everything, like you obviously are making it a priority as the leader of the group to have that time for your staff, which I think is incredible because it's so hard to do, especially when you're at a professional site, you know, which props to you for all of that for sure um yeah well you know the belief is is that any of us can do anything and we can so any one of us can cover anybody is kind of what we're we're hoping to be at absolutely which is awesome and that's that's what's so cool again about having a staff like yours is because you're going to be able to do that you know very short time frame it's going to be like that you know um the last question we always ask, obviously we're a high school turf program and uh, we have a lot of kids who are very interested slash actually applying for schools, actually entering the field out of high school, things like that. Uh, what would be your best words of advice for them when it comes to entering the turf industry and how it can impact sort of their journey uh, just at the very beginning? Yeah. You know, don't, 
don't be afraid to try different things. You know, like if you think you like baseball, don't just do baseball. You know, in the beginning, in the beginning, you have such opportunity to try and move around. And, you know, once you have a family, then it's even harder to kind of change these jobs. Um, but like, you know, try baseball, try football, try soccer. And if you're told to be in charge of something that you might not like at the time, it could turn out to be a career later in life that you love, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's really like, you know, and, and when, and you know, the, the schooling and all that is super important, but really, you know, and, and pick good internships and take advice because the people you intern for can make or break the whole rest of your life even you know like they can set you on the course we all know people you know and when we get a good student we let everyone know you know it's like all right here's a good one like you want you need, this one yeah yeah this this is a person that's gonna do this and like you know right. if they call you and want a job hire them you know 100 <laughs> percent. so i mean and it's so true you know when it comes to mentors and everything make or break um, I mean, I've seen kids leave the industry because of the experience they had in certain places and it's like, can't really blame them, you know? So I couldn't mm-hmm. agree more on that. So I just want to thank you so much for taking the time today. It's been phenomenal. Uh, you know, uh, you've always been spoken so highly of with Dr. Gilly, obviously, and so many people. And uh, it's great to be able to sit down and talk once again, obviously, like we have in the past. So I can't thank you enough for that. Yeah, well, thank you. This was great. I've been I've been wanting to kind of talk with you more in depth like this too, and I love what you're doing with the program. And it's great. I was telling people what I was going to do, and like they're like, there's like a turf program in high school, you know, or whatever. I'm like, I go actually in Virginia. There's like a couple of them. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for like, sure. yeah, it's you know, so pretty cool. I appreciate that. We're looking and we're seeing different programs pop up. I was talking to uh, his name's Kevin McCaffrey. He's started a program in California, Costa Del Mar. I don't know if you've seen him, but uh, he's trying to get to the conference and everything, which is going to be awesome for him. Uh, he's been doing a lot of new, he's a baseball coach, sort of started the program and everything. And uh, I was able to talk to admin and whatnot, which is great. So he's been going, I know he's been going to like chargers practice fields and being able to paint and learn all those things. Oh and yeah. Great. It's been, it's been awesome to see programs like that starting to pop all over the country. So uh, absolutely. I mean, it's great. Um, but again, I can't thank you enough. Uh, I really appreciate it. All right. Well, have a great day.